Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 848, May 11th, 2022. 88 degrees was the high on this day, and that was in 1900. It was 27 degrees on this day in 1946, and on this same day in 1946, that resulted in three inches of May snow. Really? Yeah. These are brought to you by our friends at Aquaside, a White Bear Lake company. Uh, They make the products. They've been keeping beachfronts free of weeds and algae for more than 60 years. When I'm out on my afternoon pontoon boat ride, I can see uh, who's used Aquaside because that's where all the kids are. Do you shame them? The ones that do not use the Aquaside? No, because all their kids are over at the people who use Aquaside. So these products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for you and your family and the fishies. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Joe, I don't know if I'm happy for the Buxton warning, but befuddled thanks you. Yes, befuddled. Beef for short. He was a bit confused as a pup. He's better now. Kenny is on the beef's bleep list, though. (laughs) Kenny seemed to cheer at the thought of using that sounder again in order to cause my poor beast to have an episode. If this is the case, we are a foodin'. We're feuding. The pox upon the jackass ranch and may all his seafoam turn to sludge. (laughs) May I have the Byron Buxton warning, please? Give it to us. Update. Update. Today's Buxton update. (laughs) That's so bad. Uh, Here's the update. (laughs) He didn't play last night. Nope, sure didn't, Joe. And there's no notes uh, in the paper. Well, I didn't read the St. Paul paper. I looked for the notes in the Minneapolis paper. There was no explanatory note about how we think he's a warrior, but we just needed to give him one more day. Royce believes it was because uh, Verlander was pitching. That might have had something to do with that it. That can make a fellow's hip hurt. Didn't Rodney have that problem with Nolan Ryan? Yeah. Hey, Rodney would occasionally get the flu if, if Nolan if Ryan Nolan was, was on the mound. Was, was pitching. I have another beef with last night's game. Yeah. I'm a Verlander guy for uh, many reasons. Um, but anyway. Uh, you got no shot. No, no shot whatsoever. But in any event, he was throwing a one-hitter mm-hmm. through eight innings mm-hmm. with 89 pitches. Yep. With Dusty Baker as his manager. Yep. And he still came out of the game. Modern baseball, son. It's uh... but he's as about as old school as it gets. Well, then, I, then why didn't he put up so a fuss? I will say, if he wanted to come out of the game, I still don't think that that's okay. But I understand it. If Baker pulled him. That's stupid. And the Wild uh, are really up against it. They're now. toast. They, I told you. They have to go back to St. Louis and <clears throat> maybe Talbot should have been given a shot in goal. I will accept your apology, sir. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> Long-time listener and occasional emailer. Do you have this sounder ready? Of the This guy sent. One one thing GL had from the radio days was the occasional starting of a car, motorcycle, or oh, boat. Yes, yes. I suppose the podcast world has taken the impromptu calls of motors firing in a blue haze fogging the garage on a Friday afternoon. However, the garage door opener reminds me of the moments of, you can leave that running, baby, 
in honor of the garage door opener last Friday, I have a soundbite for you that is better than Kamala or the Buxton sounder. The sound of pure American horsepower with eight cylinders running 91 octane, not that corn crap, on the (laughs) largest naturally aspirated motor Ford put in a production car. The car is a Shelby GT350 that produces 526 horsepower. I'm awakening it from its long winter nap induced by seafoam. It's ready to terrorize the neighborhood, pushing back daily. Cheers and enjoy Josh with a CI index of 84. All right. Nice. Here we go. Now give it a second because he's got to walk to the vehicle. Kenny, are you ready? You're about to feel urges. For your preference, not for my preference. (laughs) I was wondering. I don't want to say anything unkind. Why would you? Well, as I say, Josh, it's a great car so long as you're only driving in a straight line. <laughs> what was the make no, and model a, again? It's a Ford Mustang GT350, okay, 556 you. horse. <laughs> By the way, my uh, Josh, uh, did you? I, I'm somewhat you? kidding. I start my car, and it sounds like a Singer sewing machine. <laughs> do you have a, Do you have audio of it? I'm going to let you take the hate <laughs> mail on this one. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, sit here and smile. Thank you, Josh. That was cool. It was very cool. I want to revisit the hero pay for a moment. Uh, some e-billers have some great thoughts about it. Uh, love the show and the GL Brotherhood. I am sure the word brotherhood is an endangered species word these days. Listening to the conversation about state checks going out to frontline workers. While I am typically against government handouts, I do feel uh, that money, many of these people were in a position where they really weren't taking uh, or they really were taking serious chances when we knew so little about COVID. I think many of them are deserving of a taste. However, I think I heard you say that public education workers were included in the payouts. Yes, I did. Weren't the public teachers some of the first to leave the workplace and the last to return to the workplace? And I may be wrong about the timing of the school closings. However, in an ironic twist of fate, the teachers were surrounded in the workplace by children. That's the segment of the population statistically the least likely to contract or spread the virus, always pushing back Greg. It's a good point. Yes, it is. a good point. Uh, This is Chad. As I read it, I'm eligible for the frontline worker pay. Knowing how our government likes to save money and model frugality, I crunch some numbers and think I've got something. In lieu of my $500 check, I will go on their payroll. The $11.7 million administrative fee works out to $17.54 for each of the 667,000 estimated checks. I'll do it for 15 bucks. I will personally handwrite each check, address it, and put a stamp on it. I figure I could do about 20 an hour, maybe more if I get on a roll. I could do 10 hours a day but still want my weekends off. That's 1000 a week out the door. 
Given I have five months of work before the deadline, term used loosely, I'm looking at 300 grand gross to take 20,000 checks off their to-do list while saving them over 50 grand. If they won't go for this, I'll do it for 10. Never mind that this process has to be almost entirely automated and that this is just an arbitrary number pulled from the air and this fee will disappear into the ether that is our government. Or, or worse than that, Chad, the fee won't d- disappear. It'll be applied to a different program that will un- require annual funding. Yes. Yep. $11.7 million to administer checks. That is outrageous. You know, not only this, but do you guys recall back when the pandemic first started and a lot of people were given COVID pay? Uh, The only reason I bring this up was I was eligible because I was bartending up until the shutdowns, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I just, I refused to apply for it because A, I didn't need it and B, I was planning on quitting doing the bartending thing anyway. Yep. And I thought... But I easily could have and could have still been on it for at least a year. Yep. But the, the guilt in me would have, I, I, I just didn't feel okay doing that. And I continue to insist that if we had applied as a township, however uh, fictional we are, we would have received, oh, as much as we asked for. Right. Because nobody's nobody knows what they're doing. The government's too big. Joe, the Los Angeles Lakers got a check. Yep. From the state of California. Rock are you, man's got checks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's no watchdog. There's no... What's the word I'm looking for? Look, you chuckleheads. Honesty doesn't pay. How long have I been telling you That's that? That's true. Come on, man. That's true. Clear conscience. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie here for... <laughs> Swindling the government. (laughs) From Scott and Inver Grove, yesterday the show once again jabbed an already inflamed nerve with discussion of this utterly preposterous hero pay being offered up by dear leader Walls. My wife has been a middle school teacher for more than 20 years, showed me an email from her school district last week. It informed educators who did not go into their classroom from March 15, 2020 until March of 2021 that they are eligible for what is more of an election year bribe than a reward for being a hero. Can someone explain to me how being a hero is now defined as teaching students while sitting in pajamas while staying at home for an entire year? But as George Orwell brilliantly penned, all animals are equal. All animals... All animals are equal, just some more equal than others. My wife, who has worked tirelessly amid increasingly misbehaved, overindulged students for over 20 years, is not eligible for the pay. Why? Because she has spent numerous summers paying for continuing education classes to move up the union pay scale, finally making a salary just above the $85,000 limit. Or what about the rest of us who went to our jobs every day during the shutdown? My, don't get me wrong, my gripe is not with the workers who didn't ask for the checks, but with the dear leader and the other pandering politicians who are simply mining for November votes. It is a fact that being a hero during the pandemic came at many different income levels, but it seems only the heroes that matter are those who make less than a set income level, B as in B. Truth be told, most veteran pilots, doctors, nurses, and teachers all make well over eighty-five grand a year, rendering them ineligible heroes but are in reality just as qualified to receive a check. Not to mention, weren't we all just simply doing the jobs we were paid to do? Mayor, a dangerous precedent is being set. Politicians using taxpayer pilfered dollars as a way to buy votes during election cycles for the sole purpose of retaining their power and control. The Founding Fathers crafted a constitution that was to ensure we the people 
the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the belief that all men and women are created equal. With great sadness, I must today report that all men and women are created equal, just some men and women are more equal than others. Well, how do you find an argument with that argument? You can't. Katie writes, Joe, I'm an avid GarageLogic listener and have been for some time. My three cats, Ramen, Noodles, and Lulu. <laughs> okay, lady, right off the bat. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're getting horned. Hold on here. Get the, get the fog horn. I got her right here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, well, she also likes you, so maybe you're on the same wavelength. <laughs> I'm an average I'm an avid garage logic listener and have been for some time my three cats, Ramen, Noodles, and Lulu, and I like to sit on the three season porch in the late afternoon sun and absorb the brilliance of each and every show. Each evening we have lively discussions about the show over dinner and debate which of you is the most brilliant. We almost always land on Kenny. Wait, wait a minute. Wait God a minute. In heaven. <laughs> Imagine our Wait, chagrin. That did you just foghorn me? Yep, I sure <laughs> did. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Imagine our chagrin then when we were listening to today's show. Must Uh-oh. be, this is dated oh, no. Tuesday, so it must have been Monday's show. Is it about bats? Uh, Earlier in the show, someone used the term garage logic people. Noodles, who was the best looking and smartest of the cats, was appalled. He asked me why you would choose to use the non-inclusive term garage logic people ins- got a point. instead of the term garage logicians, which include right. listeners who don't identify as people, including cats, houseplants, and polar bears. I but not you. dogs. Noodles doesn't consider dogs worthy of consideration. Okay. <laughs> so here is our ask. Noodles, Ramen, and Lula request that you use the more inclusive term for your listeners from here on out. They also want you to issue a strong apology for your thoughtlessness. Okay, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Noodles. Noodles. If um, you don't, they'll take their cues from the Mysterians and stalk you at your homes, leaving half-eaten animals as a warning. Frankly, Joe, Noodles doesn't mess around. I hope you heed my warning. <laughs> noodles doesn't play. Katie in East <laughs> Union, Minnesota. P.S. You honestly probably only have to worry about Noodles and Ramen. Lulu looks like Jabba the Hutt and probably wouldn't make it to the end of the driveway. All right. <laughs> so um, is she talking to you or me? Who, 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 which one of us should issue the non-apology apology? I believe she was talking to Joe. Yeah, I think me. To, I use the term garage logic. I said we're all garage logic people. I should have used the term garage logicians. Well, I, I'd like you to address uh, ramen, noodles, and Lulu. Please. And? Issue an apology. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Ooh, that's there the non-apology go. apology, that's though. Perfect. I already did it. It's a non-apology that's apology. That's perfect. I bet I drove Who's by. Who's a good kitty? Yeah. Kitty, 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 Ramen, kitty. noodles, Lulu. <laughs> I bet Lulu is like the the kind of cat that uh, I gotta roll over here. Kind of see <laughs> little, is it little worth, help, please. Is it worth getting up? <laughs> nah, help. I'm gonna go back to bed. Our president is uh, blaming the GOP ultra mega agenda. Yeah. Uh, oh. For inflation and gas prices. Is that right? No. His, well, his remarks came as the national average price of a gallon of gas hit a record high of four dollars and thirty-seven cents a gallon. He wants us to know that he's taking inflation very seriously. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We don't know that. Uh, Biden said from the podium in the South Court Auditorium, "It's my top domestic priority." Uh-huh. Uh huh. Inflation is a big problem. Wait, 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 but I thought was it a week ago? Can he help me or two weeks ago that he said climate change was his top? Priority. I think this has become a new top priority. Oh, okay. You can do that. Uh, 
Biden used his speech yesterday to tout what he said were recent accomplishments aimed at alleviating the increasing financial burdens on Americans, including a historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to offset gas prices. That didn't help, Joe. That was a drop in the bucket. No, still going up. He also reiterated calls for Congress to pass other portions of his agenda that would lower the price of prescription drugs and other health care costs. Biden used the occasion to continue his ramped up rhetoric against the GOP, accusing the Republicans of having no concrete plan to address higher costs. Well, what's yours? Well, uh, as the country's bleeding out from uh, from the arteries, he's putting these little kitty band-aids on the wound. Um, um, fixes that will work for about 15 days or so uh, before things resume skyrocketing. People are struggling at the gas pump, and they're struggling at the grocery store. And I just sense that the chasm, again, between the Biden administration and all of the rest of us is, is unimaginably wide. I mean, you have, you have the people who make America work are so struggling. They can't afford to fill their trucks. They can't afford groceries. And we have no serious adults taking this on. Well, let's start with this. Prices have gone up. I can't. I can't start with this. Don't, I can't start with this. It's still hovering uh, above the 8% mark. You know who he's talking to, though, Joe. He's not talking to the country. He's not talking to people that read the front page and then go to the jump and finish the article. He's talking only to create sound bites that will be thrown on the news, yep. and the Kool-Aid drinkers, the, his followers, will we'll see lap that. it up. Yeah, they'll lap it up, and it, all he cares about are the midterms. And these dum-dums who don't follow through and read the entire article. I think it was Thomas Sowell who said something to the effect that politicians don't care about people. They only care about themselves and getting reelected. Yes. And that's well, exactly what's playing out right here. saying that, yeah. This is a fake headline that was sent to us by a loyal listener, but it, it, it's so absurd, I almost believed it at first. It's from the Babylon Bee. Biden proposes $2 trillion bill. To study what's causing inflation rates to rise. That, that, that's too close to the truth. That's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's a fake account, but I would have believed that if I, had, if I had seen that. A recent ABC News Washington Post poll, not exactly two conservative voices. I'll say. Found 68% of the Americans polled disapprove of Biden's handling of inflation. His approval rating on the issue was underwater by 40 percentage points. Republicans were more trusted by Americans to handle rising prices than Democrats. And that's from the Washington Post and ABC News. He's in trouble. This administration want him to resign. has been an utter failure since day well, one. Uh, our option number two is worse. Here's uh, Biden. I know families all across America are hurting because of inflation. I understand what it feels like. No. I come from a family where the price of gas or food, if it went up, we felt it. When's the last time do you suppose he he hit pay at the pump, put the nozzle in, and stood there and watched his bank account be drained by a hundred dollars or more? Be, it's been a do long you think time. he has any concept of how much it costs to fill up a semi, two tanks on the semi? No, no. clue. He has no, it's over $1,000. He has no clue. Can he remember? But just imagine if those semi-trucks were electric. Do you want to hear that? Yes, I do. Just imagine. This is the thinking that's leading us. Uh, These people are sick. They're not helping us. Imagine a future. The freight trucks. 
that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine kind of all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong <laughs> and allow our economy to grow. Imagine, imagine that they produced zero emissions. Oh, well, yeah, you all imagine. That's, that's why we're great? here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. You self-indulged, protected fool. You have no idea what the average American lives is like. None. Remember his remarks? This was a while back. I don't recall if it was somebody's birthday party at his home or whatever. And a family member, I'm talking about the president, a family member came up to him and said, Joe, it's over five, and this was months ago, it's $5 a pound for meat right now. And he had no clue. I found it pretty interesting, the piece in the Star Tribune today, although I I think it's the Star Tribune that put the headline on it. Biden says GOP ideas are no answer to inflation. The actual piece uh, is lifted from the Times, a New York Times piece. And they're not mean to him, but they don't back down, and they pretty much spell it out that this is his issue. This is Biden's inflation. Yeah, he's... Uh, so the far left leaning times, they're not being kind to him. Mm-hmm. But just imagine. I can't imagine anything she can up with. Uh, I can imagine her shutting up. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're not a serious country. No. We do not have serious people in place. And that's on both sides, by the way. But this made the national news. Some actor who I've never heard of joined a PETA protest against Starbucks' vegan milk surcharge by supergluing his hand to a store counter. <laughs> the superglue must be the new deal, huh? Like the, the Gallup the Timberwolves like the game. Gallup the Timberwolves game. By the way, uh, a quick plug for our guy Ross. Ross had her on his show, The Glue Gal. Oh, yeah. Hollywood actor proposed against... Uh, a Hollywood actor protested against a surcharge on vegan milk at Starbucks by supergluing his hand to a counter at their store in New York City. When will you stop charging us more for vegan milk? Yelled James Cromwell. I don't know who he is. I'm going to look him up. While reading from a prepared statement. When will you stop raking in huge profits while customers, animals, and the environment suffer? We're not a serious country. No, no. We're not a serious guy. Oh, I do know who this guy is. I've he, seen him in stuff before. He's a, he's an Oscar-nominated actor. Yeah. For what? Uh, let me look him up here. He was part of a PETA protest that argued that the vegan milk surcharge punished people for being lactose intolerant. Uh, he was in the Green Mile. That's where I remember him from. wonder what role, because I watched the Green Mile. I, will, I don't. You want me to look that up? Probably a guard or something. I don't know. Maybe he was the warden. Uh, I can't remember what his role was there. Let me see. Let me see. And if you're lactose intolerant, that's a condition that affects people of color at the highest rate than those of white color. When you, when will you stop penalizing people for their ethnicity or their morals? This senseless upcharge hurts animals. I don't even know what this buffoon is talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. Cromwell and other activists then chanted, "Save the planet! Save the cows! Stop the vegan upcharge! Stop the vegan upcharge now!" <laughs> You know what would have made me laugh? Drop a bomb on us and put us out of our misery. If he had glued himself to the Starbucks counter and everyone just ignored him. Yeah, let's just let's start the line over here. <laughs> uh, many are obviously 
finding this to be a very first world problem. James Cromwell super gluing himself to a Starbucks counter in Manhattan uh, is the whitest bleep I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> 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 and Starbucks, of course, they have to respond. We respect our customers' right to respectfully voice their opinion so long as it not, does not disrupt our store operation, said spokesperson Elizabeth Summers. The 82-year-old actor is a noted animal rights activist. Uh, Cromwell is best known for his roles in the movies Babe, L.A. Confidential, and the television show Succession. Well, you're an idiot, pal. You're just a bleeping another idiot. Why would oh. there be a surcharge for vegan milk? Well, it's be, what, what this is idiot, vegan milk? You make it this, out of plants? What this idiot doesn't realize is, hey, dummy, everything's more expensive now because of the dummies you continue to vote for. That's right. By the way, you know what I forgot? I have a John Thompson update coming up. The guy that starred in The Green Mile, Michael Clark Duncan. <sighs> Whatever. He passed away. I did not know that. I didn't either. I completely forgot about that. Now, you what take, am I working? Am I on my talk? I think What's so. What's going on here? May no, I, take, I just really like that movie. May you take us to a timeout, please? Okay. Sorry about that. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my good friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. I have been a proud customer of Connecticut for a couple of years now in two different homes, and I'm here to tell you that a new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. A Connecticut system from Hofferman can cut down on salt usage. It's going to protect your appliances. And I'm not kidding when I say that bad water is going to affect every single aspect of your home. Here's the deal. Your laundry is going to become better. Your showers are so much better. And not to mention the improvement in your drinking water. My Connecticut system that I had installed, it's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Please get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. Call 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or just visit them online at HoffermanWater.com. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Well, except that one time. Just, you know, right. just a little hug and a kiss. No big deal. I give it a nice pat. Highway 13 in Burnsville, just off Rice in Little Canada, and on the north side of 94 in Hudson. I'm talking Tri-State Bobcat. That's where you'll find our three locations in the Twin Cities, handling many brands. Toro, uh, one of them, born and raised and still resides right here in the Twin Cities. And in uh, this year of our Lord, 2022, makes the most comfortable, productive zero-turn mower on the market. UGLers, um, garage logicians that are still riding the old traditional mowers to uh, uh, circle your yard, another circle, another circle, another circle. Listen up, I want to talk to you. If you have a big lot or acreage, a Toro Zero Turn will take hours off your mowing time. Hours. Look around. You're going to see these Toro Zero Turn mowers everywhere because they're fast, they're reliable, and they're efficient. The MyRide suspension, that takes all the ache out of big acreage. Don't worry about bouncing around. You're going to stay comfy. The massive rear tires provide amazing traction. The engine, the powerful engine means... 
You can mow back and forth. You can have a fancy cut lawn instead of all those laps. Uh, and that also means the deck isn't going to get all clogged up under, underneath the deck itself. Iron Ford, seriously strong. You can see the full line of Toro mowers at toro.com slash zero turn. I'm telling you, stop mowing circles around your yard. Just imagine. <laughs> blasting back and forth, straight line mowing everything. It's so awesome. Uh, no wonder Toro cuts 70% of the grass on the planet. That's Toro.com slash zero turn. Tri-State Bobcat, you know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you what I, every contractor already knows. This is the place you go. Tools, large, small, Bobcat, um, dump box trailers, flatbed trailers, anything you need you can get from uh, from uh, Tri-State Bobcat. And what's really nice is you can rent this equipment, tristatebobcat.com. Thanks to Alpha News. I'm glad I remembered the story. I got, got, got carried away there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, to Al- <laughs> thanks to Alpha News, we learn that... Uh, Representative John Thompson was paid is paid a hundred bucks an hour by Ramsey County to prepare for and partake in meetings about equity. County records suggest Kyle Hooten did this piece. Well, that's awfully nice of you guys, Joe. State Representative John Thompson and his company, Fight for Justice Enterprises LLC. <laughs> no, come on, you're kidding me. What does that mean? What what is that? fight? What? Give me that again. Fight. His company is called Fight for Justice Enterprises, LLC. They've received more than forty grand from Ramsey County since 2020, sometimes at a rate of $100 an hour. It is unclear exactly what Thompson and his company were paid to do. <laughs> Alpha News reached out to the county seeking clarifications. Oh. PR Director John Sickveland responded, sharing links to programs that Thompson was involved with, like Equity Action Circle and Transforming Systems Together, as well as PDFs of the invoices Thompson sent to the county. However, the invoiced items are not well described. Neither are his roles in the program. And I have those in front of me. Uh, um, if, you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, they have a... Uh Facebook page. They don't have a website, at least not to my knowledge, but they do have a Facebook page in which 591 people have liked this and follow along. They have a, uh, they had a, a viewing, Joe, or excuse me, a meeting Saturday, April 30th uh, at 976 Concordia Avenue in St. Paul, where Mr. Thompson was speaking. Mm-hmm. Here's an invoice from January 31st, 2021 for 5600 bucks, but it doesn't say anything. It's just an invoice. You'd think with that kind of money, he'd be able to buy some tabs for that vehicle. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Most items on the invoices have one-word descriptions like meeting or prep. Several pages just display the amount Thompson invoiced the county, along with a list of unexplained work hours that cost up to 100 bucks an hour. Thompson started receiving payments in 2020 and was also paid in 2021, but has not received any money from the county this year. One of the payments was wired to his company account just days after the infamous protest where he implored attendees to burn down the town of Hugo outside the home of the former Minneapolis police union president. Those two don't have anything to do with each other, do they? No. The payments ended shortly after his own party asked him to resign following the discovery of past domestic abuse allegations. So he hasn't received any. Not in 2022 yet. 
good. All the payments he received are also reflected in the Einline County checkbook earmarked other professional services, excluding $30 earmarked interest. Thompson and his company have received a total of 24 payments from the county. And here's payments to Thompson. Uh, 16, April 16, 2020, 4,300. Description, other professional services. In fact, that's the description for everything. Other professional services resulted in him getting $38,110. Wow. What a great gig. Wow. Kenny's right. We're in the wrong line of work. Isn't it interesting that the people on the inside living on the third rail on the taxpayer's dime can swindle the government the best? Thompson Okay, most items in the end. Oh, I did that. Thompson started receiving payments in 2020 and was also paid uh, in 2021. His wife was also paid four thousand two hundred seventy-five dollars in 2021 for other professional services. Oh, Alpha News asked Sickvilland about the nature of these payments, but he did not address that aspect of the inquiry. Alpha News reached out to Thompson for comment, but of course, he has not responded. I'm shocked by that. And we don't know the status of his latest uh, run-in with the police, in which he again behaved outrageously. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. I, well, I do understand. Yeah, I do understand. Sometimes you just. Uh, do you get? You, uh, I've, I'm going to have to go back and do the research. Him and his wife got into a very public dispute. Yes. Mm -hmm. I believe it was on, was it on the Facebook? Somewhere. Yes. But he had some very, very uncharitable words for her mm -hmm. um, publicly. We need to go back and get those quotes so we always have them at the ready. I'll, I'll do some digging, Ken. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. One okay. day closer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It doesn't make any difference if it's at the federal level or the state level or oh, the city right. level. There's too many people involved who can keep shifting responsibility. No one will. Who who should be held accountable for the fact that this fraud has collected forty three thousand three hundred eighty dollars? You know, under what under what auspices did he arrange to have the? Uh, is he is he smart enough to have figured out this bamboozle? Of course he has. Uh, but okay, the other day. Remember when you said, Ellison, that's not your job? Would this be Ellison's job? You would think so. Okay. It would fall under the, uh, it would fall under the uh, uh, ceiling of uh, protecting consumers and taxpayers. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And you'll, we'll never know. We'll never know who thought it would be a good idea to pay this idiot 4300 bucks for what he's going to call professional services with this fake company he's got. Seems like a conflict of interest. But he's also getting a lot of done, getting a lot done while he's in office too, Joe. Uh, um, name one thing. Yeah, name well, one. Well, let's see. Uh, there's. Uh, he had the siren go off when he was uh, voting. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. that was one of the best. Uh, he he uh, voted shouted from the, elsewhere. Uh, shouted the f word in front of Kroll's house at some kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, yelled at cops, St. Paul cops, a couple of times. A couple of times. Morrison. Morrison, I. Morrison, I. Mortensen. Mortensen, no. Mortensen, no. Sandell. Sandell, I. Sandell, I. Thompson. <laughs> Thompson, I. Thompson, I. Oh, God. Mecklen. Oh, God, help me. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. 
Was that around Easter, that stop? Uh, I think so. His daughter should be arrested. He should be arrested. Apparently, they won't be. No. And she was under the influence, mm-hmm. allegedly. Allegedly. Well, it smelled like weed. Yeah. Like Cheech and Chong. Well, she Cheech and Chonged him when she rolled down the window. A big cloud came out. By the way. Officer had to run and get a bag of Doritos. I need Funyuns. Right. Funyuns, I've got an emergency. Last Friday, by the way, I forgot to tell you this off the air, our our new pal, Representative Juergens from Hastings, he notified me via email they did declare it the garage door opener on the house floor. Really? I need. I said, please, God. The Republicans send me. did. Yes. John Thompson wouldn't know what that means. He had to have no idea. No. But they did do that on the house floor. I'm trying to f- trying to get the audio wow. from it. Wow. Yeah. Nifty. That's cool. Uh, I'm trying to think who I can call, and in fact, I'm going to do it during the break. I want to. F- I got an idea who I can call to find out if Thompson and or his daughter are going to face any recriminations for that outrageous behavior a month ago. You got a guy? Yeah. Okay. I do. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, but not before I tell you that I'm going to see Tim Bloom tonight. You are? From EcoFun. He's bringing my Romantically? scooter. Romantically? No. He's, bring, <laughs> he's bringing me my scooter, which is, has been in his winter storage. It's another great service of EcoFun Motorsports. It's scooter season, bro. In downtown brah. Forest Lake. He tuned her up and changed the oil and put new tires and a new battery, and I can't wait. And I'll see him this evening. That's one of his great services. He'll pick up your stuff around town and get it back to you. When they uh, when they complete the service, there's a fee involved, but I find that entirely reasonable. You know, I don't really want to ride a scooter all the way home from Forest Lake. No, you don't you want know, to do that. I, I I planned out a route though that I could have done it, but uh, I'll take his uh, his delivery. They're not ready for the new building yet. They've had some construction delays uh, because of rainfall, so the, uh, the, uh, the 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 store closing sale is continuing with the e bikes and the gas scooters and the youth ATVs. The Crossfire 200 fuel-injected golf carts, the full line of Yamaha products, the clothing, the helmets, great service. They're still at the uh, traditional location right in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Uh, But that uh, moving sale will have to be brought to a wonderful conclusion quickly because they're moving into this marvelous new building. Mm -hmm. Well, you see it. It's fantastic. I can't wait to to go there when they finally open. So that inventory at EcoFund's on sale. Scooters, electric bikes, ATVs, uh, youth recreational equipment, you name it. Now is a great time to get in there and uh, pick up your savings. He wants me to give him some more GL podcast stickers for the uh, his customers, too, so I'm all set to do that tonight. Nice. That's EcoFun Motorsports. By the way, I've been on their website. It's really a neat website. They do have a great Instagram account, too. You can really see some neat products on the EcoFun Motorsports website. Highway 61, downtown Forest Lake. Why is AimHighConstructionMN.com advertising on GL if they're so busy? Well, why does anybody advertise on GL? Because they want to get busy and stay busy. And Chris Miller and his crew at Aim High Construction, yeah, they're busy. Uh, they're busy because they can tackle just about any job that needs doing construction-related. Aim High Construction can and will help you with everything from the get-go, design consultation, um, right up until the finished product. If you've been thinking or dreaming about a project, get a hold of them. Aim High Construction, they're your full-service construction company, and quality and honest service are their deal. I can attest to that. New roof, yes. Siding, concrete, garages, yes, yes, and yes. What do you got? What do you need? Aim High can do it all. That's why it'd be a good idea 
to get a hold of aimhighconstructionmn.com. Get in touch with Chris and discuss getting on that schedule today. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. You know what else this guy wears? Chill Boys. Yes, I do. And he got them from chillboys.com, like all of you other GLers that are now wearing the most comfortable underwear that you will ever, ever own. Uh, they are a fantastic local company here right in Minnesota, by the way. They do ship all over the country, so a lot of GLers that uh, don't live in the state of Minnesota are satisfied customers of Chill Boys. If you go online, you can see all of their inventory, whether it's the bamboo boxers, the performance boxers, which are my favorite, by the way. They also have a really cool line of performance socks, long johns, hoodies, t-shirts, so much more. What you do is you go online, place your order, work with the absolute best customer service team around, and then when you place your Order. If it's over $40, well, that ships fast and free throughout the entire country. Yes, you heard me correctly. Go online, place your order, and please, 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 will you let them know that when you place your order, you heard about them right here on the Garage Logic Podcast, brah. I have two emails I want to address, both from out west, one from Montana and one from California. I have a feeling we're going to fight about one of them, my friend, because uh, I think I received the same email. No, you're talking about the fish? No, I'm talking about two different ones. Oh, all right. Yeah. Scott Matura, I have found to be a reliable GLer over the years and a frequent contributor and emailer. And he writes, with regards to the baby formula shortage, well, I can appreciate that you are seldom prepared to go there. You have to acknowledge that in the last couple of years, there have been too many situations of uncanny timing to dismiss. Within the same 10-day period, we have a Supreme Court leak causing a national uprising from people who are pro-abortion right up to the moment of birth, and a shortage of baby formula, which, according to a news piece last night, is most negatively affecting mothers of adopted babies who previously, who obviously do not produce mother's milk and rely on the formula 100%. These are, of course, adopted babies who were not aborted, pushing back and questioning everything. What in God's name is he implying? I thought he was going to be more clear on that myself. Well, I can, I can, I think I have a reasonably great suspicion of what he's implying. Give it to me. That I think he's implying that the Mysterians are so disabusing of children that they don't concern themselves with a lack of baby formula. It's not a big deal to them. Or is it because they're out of touch? I personally think it's just a coincidence. I'm going with coincidence. And, and I think Scott acknowledges that when he says, I appreciate you are seldom prepared to go there. And I think by go there, I think he means getting way out there. And Yeah, yeah that's a phrase you use when Reavers and I come swooping in with our black helicopter. That's yeah. our role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, it does go back to the fact that they don't care about us, elected officials, both sides of the political aisle. They don't give a damn about us. They're only concerned about retaining power and leading their life that is separate from us. Correct. And it's both parties. Yes, it is. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. After 45 years, I tossed in the towel with Minnesota. Between the weather, taxes, crime, and the other BS, I had to leave town. I now live in the high desert, and water is a big issue around these parts. I have been reading articles about Lake Mead and Lake Powell at record lows. To summarize the articles for you, we are all going to die. But my question is, 
Why not take advantage of the situation and clean up the bottoms of these lakes while you still can? I have no doubt that the lake levels will go back up at some point. What I'm suggesting is to turn a negative into a positive. Heck, they're getting rid of the dead bodies in Lake Mead. There's a good start. (laughs) To quote Bill Murray in the pool scene in Caddyshack, it's no big deal. Thanks for pushing back and continuing to put up with the dum-dums. The water uh, situation is bleak, but it's it's been bleak before. And it's going to, those lakes will become replenished. And uh, that's not a bad idea. If the lake drains, why don't you get out there and bring all the old outboard motors back to shore? Clean her up. <laughs> all right, I Kenny, you think we might argue on this one? The irony, it's just, it's been killing me for years, the fact that California likes to hold their nose up and consider themselves better than us for everything environment-related. Right are the biggest consumers Meanwhile. of water and just draining the high desert dry yep. with their overuse of water. There's a headline today that uh, said something along the lines of as uh, as um, water restrictions go into place in L.A., use has gone way up. <laughs> what, the, what the hell? You well, know, rem- it, I bring this just, up on occasion. It was, was it Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Yeah. She had the greenest yard on the entire They're block. So high and mighty, these Californians, and particularly L.A. and San Francisco area, but they're just the worst offenders on on the in the United States. Yep. I've 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 touted this fellow before. I'll do it again. Victor Davis Hanson. Yep. A uh, brilliant military historian, a highly educated fellow, a brilliant writer, and I am really, uh, really love listening to his podcast. He lives in the Central Valley of California, okay. restoring his grandfather's original farmhouse that he lives in. He's not an elite. He hangs out with the he hangs out with the gang at Menards and Home Depot, where he has to go buy stuff to fix up his place. And he'll he has great thoughts on the water problems and uh, all of the other problems in California. So you might want to give him a listen. He's pretty interesting. By the way, really quick, you just remind. you always say really quick, and I think uh, you're going to have to start getting punished for that. That's okay. My brother yesterday, <laughs> Kenny, my brother who you've met, he goes, yeah. "Hey, uh, look at this sweet looking boat. Uh, I'm sure Such knows what it is. Uh, send this to him, right?" Yep. So it was a photo. My brother was working, and the guy was driving by, so he grabbed a snapshot. So I sent it to Joe, thinking, "Oh, Joe would like to look at this." Here's Joe's response. <laughs> My brother, I said, my brother's wondering what kind of boat this is. Hard to say. What a horse bleep photo. It might be a 1930s Chris Crab. Well, if you want me to identify, what's your brother's name? My brother's name is Nick. Nick, if you want me to identify a boat, get out of the damn truck and go take a picture of it that I can see what, what it is. It's that Golden Pond boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an aluminum It was such a lousy photo, I couldn't. Even take a guess at what it was. Oh, but he sent that back to me. I just it's a 2017 Glastron. No, no, it was wood. It was definitely a wood boat. But uh, it was, t- you know, it was f- oh. fuzzy and from a distance, and it was just. Kenny, you know what my brother got? He got a taste yep. of what it's like in our lives. Yep. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh yeah. No. Oh, just immediate dismissal. <laughs> immediate. Downing notes: Will the environmental disasters never cease? An invasive species has been found in an Idaho lake, and it threatens the native perch population. This invasive species is known as the walleye. This is from the Idaho Statesman. 
Five years ago, unusual catch led to a concern for our Idaho lake. Officials just reeled in another one. Nearly five years after the Idaho Department of Fish and Game found an invasive predatory fish in one of the state's prime perch habitats, uh, five years late, five years have gone by, and they finally caught another one. In a news release, fish and game officials said off-duty fisheries biologist Mike Thomas was fishing the Boulder Creek arm of Lake Cascade on Saturday when an angler he was with caught a 20-inch male walleye weighing nearly three pounds. The discovery revived concerns about the popular fishing sports ecosystem. Walleye are native to Canada, the Great Lakes, and the Missouri River Basin, though they've been introduced in other states, including parts of Idaho, because of their popularity with anglers. But their appearance in Lake Cascade is alarming to Idaho fisheries experts who have spent years rehabilitating Lake Cascade into a prime spot for perch fishing. Walleye have never been stocked in Lake Cascade or any of its tributaries out of concern that the predatory fish could disrupt other fish populations. Idaho does stock walleye in select reservoirs where they aren't able to travel to other uh, waterways. Fish and game officials said they believe this fish was transported to Lake Cascade and illegally stocked, perhaps alongside an unknown number of other walleye. In 2018, another angler discovered a 19-inch walleye near Crown Point, prompting an investigation into its origins. They're calling this a walleye infestation. Infestation. They've caught two fish in five years. How can you, a man of the water, Mm -hmm. uh, a seafarer, a fisherman, be so ignorant on this, Joe. What am I ignorant about? This is an ecological disaster. You cannot introduce game fish like this into a body of water where they haven't been before. They're going to threaten, like the article said, it's going to threaten all the native species. This is really bad. Well, most principally perch, I guess, while I eat perch. Well, Perch aren't a big deal to us, and we like. There's nothing more fun than smacking them on the uh, deck of my pontoon. But th- they are a big deal to the ecological system of that area and that lake. Am I saying ecological right? By the way, okay, Sigurd Olson, uh, <laughs> you don't have an argument. Just sit there and well, take did, it. I'm not sure I introduced one. I think, like Downing, I find it ironic to have our beloved walleye called an the invasive species. The walleye is one step up from the carp. Anything that is introduced <laughs> illegally is an invasive species. You know, these chuckleheads in Minnesota love this walleye. It tastes like rotten tuna. Go catch yourself a northern and eat a real delicacy. Oh, you are out of your mind now. Okay, walleye are a delicacy. Let me go back to being serious. Uh, this also happened with trout in Yellowstone Lake in in the park, uh, Yellowstone Lake in the park. Some idiot decides to uh, introduce a different kind of trout, lake trout, into the lake, and now this new brand of lake trout, which is considered invasive, is taking over, and it's killing the natural habitat and food for the uh, lake trout that were already in there naturally. May I finish this? This is bad. Uh, people should not, under any circumstances, stock these bodies of water just because for their own personal needs. This is stupid. Two reports over a four-year span means walleye could very well be established in the lake, but the fact that we haven't encountered them during extensive fish population surveys or angler surveys meaning means they are likely not very abundant yet, uh, the guy from the Idaho Fisheries said. Uh, our fisheries program will be shifting gears over the coming weeks, 
to try to determine the extent of their occurrence in the lake, and we'll develop a game you know, plan. There's we we shouldn't be arguing among ourselves. There's one guy we need to talk to. You got him already. That's because I'm good. Lake detective. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got a hundred dollar bill that says he uh, Steve Nicomas agrees with Kenny on this one. Lake detective, how are you? Yeah, good afternoon, Joe. Hundred percent. Are you out on a case? Yes, we're on Lake Osakis out in uh, Todd oh, you're County. In, you're in my neighborhood. You're dangerously close. Yeah. All right. You got the skiff well, in the water? Yeah, we got. Then I got the long-legged blonde assistant doing the raking and the survey. Ooh, <laughs> you check your gun with the local authorities? I checked out. Yeah, it's you know we just we just dodged a big old rainstorm. Holy cow! There were reds and yellows in there, and oh, yeah. back in the water. Wow. Well, here's the here's the quick question, LD. We don't want to keep you from your work. Nearly five years after the Idaho Department of Fish and Game found an invasive predatory fish in one of the state's prime perch habitats, officials have reeled in another. The invasive species is the walleye, and I, I guess I'm somewhat amused to hear our beloved walleye called an invasive species, but Kenny thinks this is a serious story and that the walleye could decimate the perch. Where are we to stand? Holy cow. Walleye love those perch, those torpedo-shaped fish. It's one of their favorite forage. Now, they're not a non-native species. They're, they're a regionally non-native species because they're native to North America. It's just right. that once you get over the continental divide, eh, they, they're, not too, they're not too abundant. Right. But, yeah, they'll have, a, they'll have a big impact only if they have spawning habitat. All right. I, I wonder if those walleye will be able to spawn in that oh. situation because that takes centuries to develop, and it's very hard to establish a, a spawning walleye population. They need rock reefs and wind-blown uh, shallow areas and uh, oh. uh, a bunch of factors to sustain a real robust walleye population. This is Lake Cascade in Idaho. I don't know if you're oh, familiar yeah. with that. No, but they're on the other side of the mountains. Yep. So not so many walleyes. You know what? Bluegills are also a little bit rare on that neck in that neck of the woods. And so, we learned that they've caught two in five years, which leads them to believe, uh, and they're not showing up in fish population surveys. That leads them to believe that they're not entrenched there yet. Would that be as a result of this lack of spawning environment? Yes, yes. We might be able to sustain a low density population. They're probably not going to take over. <laughs> Unfortunately, walleyes don't take over too many lakes. I wish they did. <laughs> wish they did. Yeah. But walleyes, uh, they have a tough uh, road ahead of them. Maybe they can make it. Uh, maybe make and sustain a, a low density population, but they're not going to really take over. Okay. Otherwise, they would have. They would have by now. All right. That's good news, Lake Detective. Um, but would you agree with me when I when I say? Um, stocking on your own is a pretty bad idea in a lot of, in a lot of cases it's illegal. Oh, it, you need a permit to stock anything. And often uh, stocking walleye, it's a what they call a put and take because you're not going to establish any type of a spawning population. That's why bass are more frequently stocked because heck they can spawn just about any place and then you can sustain a population with, with bass. But walleyes, they're a little bit finicky, too. They have uh, some some very specific uh, criteria for doing well. You know, on Spoon Lake, LD, you just mentioned it's put and take, but on Spoon Lake, it's take and go yeah. with uh, with stocking <laughs> fish. <laughs> yeah, 
Say you said you, you said you just missed a storm. Did you did you in fact miss it or did you encounter it? Well, we kind of we uh, we saw it coming and we hightailed it off the lake. It's a six thousand acre lake. Oh boy! And we got to the shore. Uh, we might have gotten a, a, a bit wet, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Did they filtered and uh, we're back out? They have freeze out on uh, Osakis this year. That's a yeah, shallow lake. Nope. No, okay, it good. Has shallow spots, but it, it made it. It's a uh, good. And uh, the plants are the plants are coming, but they're down right now. That's the that's the latest. Very good, sir. We appreciate your availability. You are Steve McComas of Blue Water Science, but you're Garage Logic's world famous lake detective. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank Always you. a pleasure. And a very noted boxing champion in the amateur ranks. He cannot be you stopped. You can't stop him. You feel better, you, can he? You threw a curveball at him from the state of Idaho and he can't be I, stopped. Joe, I feel better because I learned something. Yeah. Um, and I guess my concern isn't that great anymore. Um, because there's a good chance that they they don't have the spawning grounds that the lake detective was talking about. So right. that's good news. Right. Uh, I don't think either one of I think, you know who won? All of us. Yeah. GLers won. Because we learned, learned something. Yep. Uh, Mike, uh, just a bit outside Duluth. In the winter, he's just a bit outside Phoenix, I think. Writes rookie routinely asked at what price routinely asked me at what price of a gallon of gas would get you to significantly curt- curtail your driving, and I haven't come up with it yet. Has anybody? Yes, people are starting to. Yes, there people are people are that to. will that will not be able to drive, and they'll have to come up with other means. I know? do know people that have stopped doing certain things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike says here's a story of how one fellow used to calculate that number. Back in the 70s, we had a bookkeeper that worked for our family business. He was a member of the greatest generation who learned bookkeeping at a grain mill in St. Cloud during the Great Depression. Things were so tight, they even saved every roll of adding machine paper and reused it by printing it again on the backside. Uh, That's absolutely what I do here. He enjoyed his bourbon, and every day after work, he would stop (laughs) at his favorite tavern for a quick bump and a snit. During the 70s oil embargo, when gas prices started to climb near a dollar a gallon, he would grumble, I'll stop driving when a gallon of gas costs more than a fifth of bourbon. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but I did a little research to see if his line in the sand would still work for him. The current national average for a gallon of 87-octane gasoline is 439 and a 750-liter bottle of bargain bourbon averages about 13 bucks. So using that measure, I guess he would still be driving. What item in your life that you consider essential that a gallon of gas would have to exceed for you to curtail your driving? Just always pushing back Mike, Mike of Duluth. Uh, I, I, I don't know the answer, Mike, just like I tell Rookie. I, we haven't hit that number yet. At some point, you would say to yourself, "The hell with it." But everybody's budget is completely different, too. I, I mean, my say, scooter's returning from EcoFund tonight. I can save a lot of money commuting on that. Yeah. Maybe uh, for me, a brick of Velveeta. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is a, that's a, an obnoxious price too. It's really expensive. Everything's expensive. Did you ask to speak to the manager? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then a a very minor bear update from Bill Miller. Bear, I can get you a bear. That's my grandfather and uncle in Alaska around 1964. 
The old man's taking the picture. This was my family's idea of a family outing. And it's the three of them, including the kid, who I assume is Bill, with a bear right in there by their campfire. Just sitting there with photo. them. Oh, wow, look at that. Just sitting there with them. Cool. Black bear. Not a grizzly, obviously. Cool. And uh, the Twin Cities has really gotten itself in a lather about the bear report in St. Louis Park. Yeah. I'm worried about that. They're going to end up putting them down because of stupid people that won't leave it alone. Oh, do you think so? That's It happens all the time. These idiots follow it around with their cameras, and they harass it. And the bear goes crazy and freaks out, and they end, ends up... Uh, Becoming a nuisance, and then they have to put it well, down. Do you even think it's him freaking out? He He's doing what bears do. Just leave it alone. Leave him alone. Leave it alone. And then you're going to get the people, I've already heard it alluded to, you're going to get the people who are saying, well, we're destroying their habitat. It's, yeah. No, you're not. You know who no, it is? you're not. Such, it's the raccoon on the NPR building people. Yeah. Remember that yeah. story oh, a few God, years ago? you're right. It's yeah. those people. You're not destroying your habitat. They're not dumb creatures. They know where the food is. And because we've taught generations of children to never harm an animal, which is, I, I find that positive. That's a good thing. We, we, uh, we have too many bears. And if you have too many bears, the bears are going to expand and find their own food away from the other bears. And then they go back to the river. Mm. You should run the DNR. Yeah. Well, I think you can bear hunt in Minnesota, can't you? You can. Yeah. yeah. How about in the city? <laughs> You know where you, you you know where you'd really see a bear likely. I'm serious, Giants Ridge. Oh, of course you would. You're yes. in some deep woods up there. You're in some deep woods with two of the most beautiful golf courses in the country. Not to mention Minnesota, the Legend and the Quarry, and they both open the day after tomorrow. They both open Friday, May 13th. The greatest value in Minnesota golf, and between June 4 and August 29, play the Legend and the Quarry. For one incredible rate with lunch between rounds at the Wakuda Grill, featuring one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. And while you're sitting there, you might say, hey, look at that. A bear just walked by. You can view 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. Uh, the anniversary is coming up of the uh, quarry uh, and the legend. It's just uh, really turned up. It's the 25th anniversary of the legend is June 28th. That's spark golfing in northeast Minnesota. But it's also a family vacation destination with nearby water, recreation, biking, hiking, the newest large lift serve mountain bike in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and more. It's just an absolutely wonderful destination in, in some of the most beautiful country we have in the state of Minnesota. Book your tea time online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling Giants Ridge at 218-865-8030. Oh, I don't have my sounder board. Did you lose your fart button? Well, I brought something else up. I lost it. Here's a man that doesn't have a boat. Joe Suchere. <laughs> I had one, but I gave it away. Yeah, you did. Here's Kenny. Not Dearest Kenneth, I noticed I was losing MPGs in my Ford sedan, so I let my car get down to about an eighth tank, dumped in an entire bottle of Seafoam's fuel injector cleaner, drove it to just about empty, filled up the tank, and 
the MPGs came right back up. A truly wonderful product in a world of bad Russian commie gas. And boom, jackalakalaka, boom, <laughs> seafoam does it again. You can buy it one can at a time if you want, or just buy a case and keep a can or two in the spare cup holder. Uh, that's what I do. Keep it in your ride right there so you'll never forget uh, to give those cylinders a bump every now and then. You can find it anywhere, your local knack hardware. Auto parts shops, big box stores, little box stores, uh, probably find it in package stores over in Wisconsin. A local company with a global reach and a wonderful product, like he said, in overpriced bad commie gas. Seafoam. Hold on. Oh, God, that's a sweet sound. And that's after he gave it a little, little gulp? A little wake-up gulp of seafoam. Little bump. Mustang GT350. I didn't understand the part that you disapproved of him. The I was engine. giving him a hard no, time. No, 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 no. When, when Kenny said he went with it too early, what does that mean? Oh, rubbing it up. You were there. Kenny was worried about the oil you remember? Oh, okay. You were in the garage. That's true. Okay, gotcha. Well, it killed the car, Kenny. When I wrecked Noah's Porsche. Yeah, when you go see Noah, I want him to remember that it was you who did that. By the way, I was up there today. Uh, I, I was. I, Mike's doing some work for me. Kenny, I got you taken care of tomorrow for your ad, by the way. Uh, th- they're so awesome. From Seriously. From Nikki all the way back. Every single soul in that building is awesome. And Nikki even looked at me. She said, Dummy, didn't you just move to Jordan? And I said, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She says, why are you coming up here? I said, because you guys are fantastic. That's why. I well, can't shake you, uh, Schoonover. <laughs> can't shake you. I gave Scooney a little plug today, however, unintentionally. I was wearing my Schoonover T-shirt yep. uh, while I was getting filmed by Ross for the uh, some social media oh, stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Say, uh, Kenny alerted me to this, and he was alerted to it by an email. It's a story from KOIN-TV. It's a CBS affiliate in Portland. Coin! Oh, yes, See, yes, co- yes, yes. And it's they are running a series uh, that's called, Is Portland Over?, and this particular episode, we've linked it, right? Yes, I'm going to put it on the social media channels. Uh, it's yes. eight minutes. I don't want to play the whole eight minutes because sometimes the audio is difficult. But I recommend that GLers watch it. It could have been just as well filmed here. Yes. Mm-hmm. It could have just as well been filmed the closer you get to any of the country's tallest buildings. And it's the story of how homelessness, which, of course, is drug addiction and mental instability, is, is ruining middle-class neighborhoods. You know, a homeless shelter will be put in, but what the shelter attracts are what's called satellite campers. And they begin to circle yeah. the existing building. In this case, I think it used to be a pharmacy that was gutted and it's now got cots to, to, to help people get in off the street. And as a result, it's attracted other people who don't want to go inside, but set up their tents outside and around the building. And the reason they don't want to go inside is why? They don't want to follow any rules. Because they want they don't want to be clean. They want to keep using. And it's, it's uh, the uh, stories from the, from the neighbors are harrowing. And that's what's most enraging. When I, I watched the whole thing when Kenny sent it to me this morning, and here's what angered I did me. Too. Here's what angered me so much. Basically, when you hear the response from the city council people in this piece, you, you become so mad because they place the value on the drug addicted homeless people more so than the tax paying resident. That's the point. Yep. And, and that's just shameful. Well, and they also invariably say. Our only solution is we need more resources. We need right. more money. We need more. Which money. who do we, we hear from money. here? Philippe Cunningham said the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it's a serious, it's a horrible problem, and there's no easy answer. Uh, 
I had I thought I had a hell of an answer, but like all my ideas, it was it was poo pooed. Remind me. Well, the governor spent this wasted seven million oh, yeah. of our dollars to buy a fruit produce warehouse. Because he, it was going to be a morgue for COVID. He figured he needed it for a morgue for COVID. Well, that never came about. So the city, the uh, government uh, uh, turned around and sold it. My idea was make that a treatment center. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, you get a room and you get food and you get showers and you have counselors on hand. And hopefully they would have helped you and you turn over and you get another new crowd in there. And but that was that was too that made too much sense. And by the way, we've got a nine what nine billion dollar surplus. Mm-hmm. I'd actually be okay if Walls came out today and said, "Here's what we're going to do with some of this money. We're going to build more treatment facilities for the mentally ill and the drug addicted to get them off the streets." Who could argue with that? Instead of another, you know, wave of cash that we're going to throw but at I, education. I did, but I don't trust Walls. Uh, I, I I don't s- either. I, I see yeah. that as an effort. That I mean, that's a noble and virtuous effort, and I wish that could be the case, but. I, I could see Walls easily turning that into a, a horrible bureaucratic expansion of government that would create uh, problems that would have to be paid for in perpetuity. It would never be a one-time deal. True, but wouldn't it at, at, at least a little bit help what's, yes. what's plaguing the yes. city, the cities right now? You go to a wild game now, there's a new homeless camp as you exit the practice freeway and get on to Kellogg. You're they were, they were having problems yesterday morning in downtown Minneapolis. Evidently, we have one at 94 and 394 under the freeway. Yep. And they've been causing uh, problems for people that exit 94 and take Hennepin and Lindale. I just wouldn't be homeless in this state. You'd go to Southern California? I'd, I'd have to be homeless in a warmer climate. You should see the situation in Houston. Oh, boy. It's just awful. Because of how the close proximity to the border, sure. Wow. Well, well, the climate, like Joe said, yeah. it's always warm. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go to our website. No, no, no. Don't don't go to the website. Oh. Go to the Garage Logic Facebook page and oh. the Garage Logic Twitter account. And if you have an issue, if you don't have an account and you need it, just you can just email us and I'll send it to you. And again, it, it might as well have been filmed in Minneapolis. Yeah, it could have been as Minneapolis well, over. Didn't it remind you of Seattle is dying? Yes. 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 Which, by the way, in that piece, they did exactly what I just said. They were trying to at least figure out a way to help these people to get off drugs because drug addiction is the biggest thing plaguing this country now but not the then, bleeping climate but then we had the covid and the floyd and as our uh, emailer shotzi said seattle is dead mm-hmm. it's not dying it's dead yep. let's quit blaming covid we're really everything gets scapegoated because of covid well it, it was the yeah i okay i agree yeah, yeah. Well, what about, uh, what was it earlier in the show? Uh, the MAGA... MAGA ultra Republicans. MAGA, MAGA oh, yeah. Ultra Republicans, too. Yeah, Ultra MAGA they, They're to blame for the drug-addicted people living on the streets. Uh, Steve Letting uh, informs me that trees trees prevent gun violence. Is that true? Mm-hmm. How so? The uh, He got this from Breitbart. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Convention's Deborah Hurry director of CDC's National Center for Injury Prevention and Control, suggests that planting more trees can reduce gun violence. The Hill reports that Hurry indicates initiatives like restoring vacant lots by planting trees and grass have been shown to reduce firearm violence. WXOW quoted Hurry describing her tree planting approach as a greening initiative. 
She said, we've also funded research around greening initiatives to where you can go in and make a vacant lot look better by planting grass and trees. That's been shown to reduce firearm assaults by up to 29% in impoverished areas. Hoori's observations on gun violence come in response to a CDC study showing a rise in firearm homicides during 2020, which was the first year of the coronavirus pandemic and related coronavirus lockdowns. The study did not reach any conclusions about the reasons for increasing rates of gun violence. However, more gun control and other efforts, including planting trees and grass, were discussed in a response. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Stand up. Stand There's down. a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Listen to was. this old sea biscuit. Somebody's making money. Particle Lost breath. Particle breath. Exceptional trees. But the city grants <laughs> exemptions to these. I'm going to go euphorian on you. The developer's greed. I'm going to go euphorian You on are you. not. I am. I don't. I don't think they can draw any relationship between trees and gun violence. No, but no. but I, I do think that any beautification is welcome for any reason. Any beautification is welcome for any reason. Well, I don't think that's euphorian, is it? Well, I'm a crunchy conservative, <laughs> as they say. Right. Uh, well, there's got to be follow-up. I mean, as we saw in South Minneapolis, that... The tree department right. can stick as many trees as they want in the boulevard, but those trees have to be tended to. They have to be watered and cared for and insect removal and fertilization. And if they don't, they'll end up like the trees that were in front of my house. Just, and uh, despite, despite, died. <laughs> despite resident uh, protests and opposition, Ramsey County is going to take down about 136 mature trees on Cleveland uh, coming out. Coming out of Roseville for some, I don't know, new bike path or bus lane or something. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw the piece. The same thing is happening over in Minneapolis mm-hmm. on a piece called, uh, it's called King's Highway. And I'm it's familiar a, with it. It's a beautiful little, um, it's got a one way each way with a boulevard in the middle, old, old trees. And, you, you know, you drive 20 miles an hour. It's just a few blocks long in an old neighborhood. And, uh, they want to cut down the trees there so they can throw in some bike lanes on yeah. King's Highway. It's just despicable what's the, going on. Is that the one, Kenny, Lake Harriet? Is that what I'm yeah. thinking? Okay. Yeah, it's on the east side of Harriet. Okay. Uh, it kind of starts right, um, uh, Lakewood Cemetery would be on your right, yep. right where that ends. At the Rose Garden would also be on your right. That's where kind of King's Highway starts. I had friends that lived very near that. Takes and, uh, you down to around, if I remember right, 50th or so, yeah. maybe 54th, something like that. That's on my route when I go to Elevated oh. at home. Oh, we shouldn't be talking about uh, that. King's Highway is a great background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's top secret, mm-hmm. top secret. I, I did a piece the other day for the newspaper on uh, criticizing Ellison for this preposterous idea that he's on board with other attorneys general to uh, uh, push Biden to uh, uh, erase all student debt. Mm-hmm. And it even got to the point where Ellison said, it's my job to make lives more affordable for people, which is not his job. And I got a note today from uh, Rod, who writes, I understand your concern with students paying back their student loans. Personal responsibility is a needed personal trait, and your points on the cost of college are correct. I paid 300 bucks a year and about $10,000 in loans to go to a private college a long time ago. However, I disagree with you on most points of your column. Here are some items to consider. 
The idea that the proposal is vote-buying is wrong. Some of the debt owed to institutions like Trump University, which was mostly a scam to make money for investors and not really provide a quality education to students. A college education should be considered an investment in the future of the United States. Well, let me pause. Uh, No, it's a failed effort, if that's the case. If you look at what happened with the GI Bill of Rights as an example, the return on investment to the U.S. economy was $7 for every dollar invested in the program. The forgiveness of student debt should be viewed with a similar scope. That was what the me. hell was that? that, that was that was funny me. body noise? Yeah, that was me. me. That was me. me. There are also a number of countries like Germany that charge no tuition when providing a college education to their citizens. If the U.S. is going to compete in the world of the future, the education of its young should also be considered an investment. I have no children, but have always considered my tax contributions to public education a repayment for my educational opportunities and an investment in the future of the U.S. I am not writing in hopes of changing your mind on the issue. I only hope to make you understand that there are other points of view on this topic regards Ron Bakkenen. Uh Fair enough. Uh, and you, you haven't changed my mind because where I think you might be, I think you need to think deeper Rod, about the this this failed academy that I talk about is not an exaggeration. What exactly are these kids getting prepared for? Mm-hmm. It's, it's well, like you've always said, or have said recently, unless you're doing something specialized, medical, uh, engineering probably would fall under that category. Mm-hmm. It, you, you're right. You're, if you're going to go get a, a degree in, you know, uh, whatever. I also would argue that those who benefited from the GL Bill of Rights were a different... Uh, generation ideologically from the current group of kids no question you know they they just came home from fighting and winning a war they were serious people mm-hmm. uh this now is just another guise to use uh, accuse people of racism by not excusing debt you'll be uh, qualified uh, to be a uh, to be a protester to be right, an activist right isn't it the old joke, uh, you get a master's degree, your doctor in archaeology, and that uh, qualifies you to uh, become a professor and teach archaeology? Right. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the line? The plus, joke? plus, if you forgive the debt, you're only transferring it to the people who didn't incur it in the first place. There, yeah. there is no forgiveness of that kind of a trillion dollars in debt. Right. Right. That gets paid back, and it gets paid back by the people who didn't take out a loan. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, uh, fair, fair points, Rod, and I appreciate it, but uh, I am not changing my mind. Only because they come to us all the way from Eden Prairie, from the Traveling Lymans. When are they taking off again? Did they and mention that? It'll be on the heading when I see it. They're, okay. I didn't know off. if they mentioned no, that. No, I think they they're here us. through the 15th. Here through the 15th. Okay. That's in a couple days. Is that Friday? Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. On this day in 1844, Samuel R. Van Zant was born in Rock Island, Illinois. He later became Minnesota's 15th governor from 1901 to 1905 and established the State Board of Control to handle issues affecting criminals and people with mental disabilities. He died on October 3rd, 1936 in Attica, Indiana. He I had could, not play heard that, could play that guitar like ringing a bell. No like kidding. Stevie Van Zant. <laughs> He's also in The Sopranos. In 1858, what happened on this day? 
1858. Oh, you dummies. 1858. We became a state. We became a state. We became a state. We became the 32nd state. The yep. Enabling Act for Statehood had been passed on Feb 26, 1857, and the state's constitution was written that summer and ratified in October. Full statehood had been held up by Southern senators who wanted Kansas to enter the Union as a slave state. Finally approved by Congress, the bill was signed by President James Buchanan. Word of statehood would not reach St. Paul until May 13th. Took us a while, huh? Well, only two days. Okay. Yeah. And just a few years later, if I remember right, we became one of the biggest contributors of volunteers for the uh, Civil War. Oh, yeah. We uh, sent a lot of men to that war. And on this day... This day. In 1869, the Lindbergh colony of Swedish settler colonists headed by Mons Olsen Lindbergh arrived in St. Paul. The group would eventually settle in Sherburne County. I wonder you, if that's any relation to Charles Lindbergh. What did their flag look like? Mm-hmm. Thank you, GLers. What are your S counties? So, Sherburne, sure. Scott, Sherburne, Sibley, St. Louis, Stern, Stevens, St. Louis, Stern, Stevens, and Swift. Nice. Yeah. Before we go... Um, I was looking at a Google map, and I wanted to get this cor- correct so we don't get the emails. Kings Highway starts at 36. That would be the no- uh, northeast corner of Lakewood. Runs down to 46th Street, okay. not 50th, like I said. And the great thing about those neighborhoods down on the uh, the east side of Lake Harriet, you can really, really tell who's getting the pro-turf treatments. I mean, it's <laughs> super evident. <laughs> Um, and, and it's really remarkable to see. You'll see the typical hippie lawns that are full of weeds and um, pollinators and all of that. And then you'll see you'll see the proper GLers with beautiful green, luscious yards, mown tight, high and tight. GLers, you got to do what uh, these GLers have done and what I did and Rook and John and Reavers and Mr. Fireworks Commissioner. Log on to professionalturf.com. Get that cruddy yard. You know what? Put it in their hands. Make it their problem. They make it super easy to have that beautiful lawn all season long, from right now until the very bitter end when it freezes up and the snow flies, and results are guaranteed. Uh, and if you're considering landscape or maybe, maybe installing a sprinkler system, ProfessionalTurf.com, they can help you out there too. The best lawn on the block, it'll be yours when you log on to ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, GLers. As the mayor shuffles his paperwork. He's done. Yeah, he's done. I'm here. Okay. Say goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Joe. No. (laughs) GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of subscribers to our Garage Logic YouTube page. We are posting daily content for you to admire from afar. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and download that PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win prizes just by listening to the show. We'll catch you tomorrow.